Listeners, welcome to uh, another episode of my six-pack podcast. Something that I realised the other day, I've developed in two different ways. One spelt S-I-X, and another using the number six. So you can find my podcast under both of those, I guess, now. Um, Because this latest series, I had added um, differently to what I'd done in the past. For some of you just tuning in, you're like, what are you on about? I've never even listened to this guy. Yeah, well, welcome. You're listening now. And there's some other podcasts called The Six Pack Podcast that I've developed or or produced over the last 12 months that exist on Spotify or Anchor, wherever you choose to find this stuff. Um, you can find it there. Different topics too. It's not all in relation to what this one has been listed as today. Um, they're not all medical. I'd like to be light-hearted uh, generally. So my hope is that um, as this progresses further, it'll be pretty dynamic or broad in terms of the uh, subject matter based on what I'm kind of getting back from from an audience level, I guess. But for today, of course, it's the real-life recovery um, update of my journey um, in medical science. Not my education of medical science. Excuse me, why twist over in the bed? Um, but... Um, my experience with it for those that haven't been following up till now it's really all related to an incident that happened uh, a few weeks back wherein on a on a Friday afternoon to cut a long story short um, I had a brain aneurysm and that was sent me to hospital for emergency uh, high level pretty full-on surgery and um what are we now day day 16 day 17 over that journey which is effectively post-surgery and how I'm going with that my personal experience my observations and the first thing I'd say today is my observations in terms of category of those that come out the other side and and their recovery rates are so varied. I've got such an appreciation now for how complex this surgery and condition is, but also how non-discriminatory, how varied um, the recovery outcome can be. For me at the moment, I'm assessing that I'm more fortunate in my recovery, where it appears to be, than um, than others in a similar boat. 
um, because, yeah, I, I've, I've now moved on from the ICU ward uh, to a secondary ICU area to um, being held in, uh, what do you call it? Well, shouldn't speak too soon. Um, are being held on the ward, of course. If I'm a little bit slower today, it's because I've literally just woke up and thought, oh, I haven't recorded a podcast today. So I'm doing that very fresh, um, often off a late mid-morning snooze. Sorry, got sidetracked. Um, but yeah, the uh, the variation in in recovery patients now is a little bit more evident to me as I've moved on to effectively a third or fourth phase, if you like, of a recovery rehabilitation centre, which is located, still owned by the hospital, but located um, probably about seven, eight kilometres away from the Royal Adelaide Hospital in a separate open field area. Um, It's very well... Uh, manicured area manicured by by I mean it's got lovely garden areas and so on it's an old 19 sort of 70s building essentially in inside um, there's a couple of things with COVID that uh, I don't know I don't know if, I don't know if I'd say they sit uneasy with me but they're just difficult to get used to this in a current environment of course at the hospital you have your own room you have your own shower you have your own toilets very contained so it works very well in the current current crisis but um when you move out to this facility obviously built in the 70s it's very much a shared facility so the rooms are significantly smaller probably half the size um they're obviously some 30 odd years 30 40 years um older as well so you can imagine how they fitted out a lot of brown wood feels like you're on a a bit of a camp or a yeah camp i think i'll go with um, and then on top of that, the showers and the toilets, all separate. There's probably about three toilets, two or three showers next to my room. Yeah, are all shared by the, by the corridor of ward beds in here. So, um, everybody uses them. They're not lockable. Um, they're open access. It's really your ability to um, slide the little gauge to say engaged or not engaged as to whether they're being used. Um, <laughs> I'm not being precious. Precious. Get it out. Um, but yeah, after going through over two weeks of recovery in a hospital and then moving to a shared facility scenario, it's. Um, has you a little bit germophobic, I guess, in the current situation with COVID because there's so many restrictions 
still applying. For example, here, you can only have one visitor per day, That, whether it's the morning or the afternoon, just the one visitor has to be the same person. Um, meals are now long, no longer served here in the dining hall that they've got. You, you can have, you can use that hall if it's kind of empty or only has one person in it. Um, there's a lot of social distancing restrictions put in place, but of course with the toilets and the bathrooms, um, well, they're fixed. You can't do anything about that. So when you put that all together, there's, there's kind of inconsistency there about who's using that bathroom. Are they cleaning it properly? Um, what are the risk factors? Those sort of things that I guess are more evident now given my post-surgery considerations around health and looking after myself and avoiding risk of catching any secondary um, disease or or issues that will have me have to battle harder on top of the things that I'm already working through. Now to check the list off those, at the moment uh, it's pretty much the recovery of the brain of course that um, is first and foremost. Uh, the pulmonary pulmonary embolisms that I've had in my chest are still very um, much something I have to work on and try to reduce those blood clots um, through medication primarily uh, that'll be over the next six months. Uh, what I learned also um, only recently uh, around the groin area I had some horrendous scarring um, lumps and, and so on and initially I thought it was part to do with a catheter or or those sort of things, but in actual fact, they had to um, use and go through the groin to insert a, um, I'm going to call it like a net, a net into one of the main arteries that lead into the heart to, well, they, they actually call it a filter. That's what they call it. Jackie called it a cage. I heard somebody else call it a um, net. And they said, like, it's, it's a filter. It's basically just to filter that blood through. And if any of these blood clots around your body um, try to sort of get in, they're, they're kind of stopped, you know. Um, that apparently comes out in the next month sometime. But that's, that's something I had no idea I even had until, like, the last couple of days. I'd heard something about it, but it was never explained. Um, all in all, I mean, it's, it sounds probably like a lot, but I don't think it's as unusual as maybe I'm making it sound. I think there's other people that experience these uh, side effects from time to time or have these mounting issues. Ideally, you go through surgery and it's just the surgery and the recovery, but... To say that that surgery is easy or um, not fraught with complications would be such a misguided statement. Um, I have a very strong appreciation for how complex 
this condition and the operation is now and what the actual doctors do. So, um, yeah, very big learning curve there. Uh, but getting back to the phase, the next phase, calling it three or four, I've been in many different wards and ICUs now, so kind of lost count of, um, I haven't lost count, but I could categorise it two different ways, ICU1, ICU2, the ward and here, or just ICU, the ward and here. You do whatever, which one you want. I don't know what I've titled this one as yet, but I think I'm titling it as part of phase three. So there we go. Um, one thing that's been really beneficial for me in terms of uh, the grey matter is the interaction with friends, people, um, colleagues, loved ones, all through social media or especially through video chat or phone, all of them really. Um, that stimulus for the brain and the conversation has been a huge, huge gymnasium for me of post-recovery. Um, the one that I can access most easily. Uh, the other ones are a little bit more complex and that's why I've moved on to phase three now to this new recovery centre. So yesterday transferred. I think I might have talked about that in the previous podcast. And um, transferred yesterday, came along. It was Friday afternoon. So the only problem with that, as um, you could probably imagine, is the medical fraternity work similarly to any normal working industry where the bulk of what they do tends to be Monday to Friday and then the weekends are more like a downtime. So yesterday I had the opportunity to meet with a couple of the doctors that manage the ward, the speech pathologist, and then finally the physiotherapist. Um, the doctors were really a breakdown of understanding my perspective on what's happened and where I'm at and do I get the totality of, of what I've gone through? How do I feel? Am I depressed? Am I happy? Blah, blah, blah. Um, which was great. And then, uh, then we move on to the speech pathologist and that was really almost like an exam yesterday sort of testing me on my comprehension skills, on my ability to uh, segment things and put things in order, um, general understanding of, of language and, and those sort of things. went for nearly um, two hours, quite comprehensive. And in terms of using brain power, um, oh, it was, it was a, a little bit of a, uh, of a workout. I will say, because some of those topics, look, certainly I understand the reason I'm going through them, but don't necessarily have an interest in what we're talking about. So the need to focus becomes really evident because the comprehension part is critical to listening to these stories, um, 
taking them in and then giving a report or feedback on on what the actual information is about. Um, at the beginning, it was sort of more the exercise, oh, yeah, let's just tick the box, but as it kind of regressed over the next sort of 40 minutes, um, you sort of slip into... I'm going to use the wrong word here, but it's, it's kind of the boredom or the mundane nature of, of repetition that's attached to this exercise. You, you're kind of doing very similar but different exercises, one after the other after the other, and I understand why they're being done. They're being done for for the assessment of, of where you sit, but over the duration of, of the whole length of time... Um, you know, it's probably not consistent with my working day-to-day. Over a, over a two-hour period, I might do several different tasks. Um, you know, needed to be done um, or interrupted or engaged or moved this way or moved back that way, much like many people's work life. So to to say really fixed on this project for a two-hour period, it was it was a good test. It was a good test. Um, I think I've done quite well in it. I think I've done quite well in it. Um, it did take time. Had to use a lot of thought and think about it. Nothing was particularly um, difficult, but there were some of those things that um, I guess if anybody's been doing or homeschooling their kids, you'd, you'd get this. Um, the kids come home with mathematics problems or uh, English assignments or, and so on through the homeschooling and you get a really wider picture of how much they actually do during a day or the varied tasks that they do. And in there, I found so many things that um, that I used to know. Used to know as in when I was at school, I remember going through those, I remember doing them. Um, most of the time, 90% of the time, I know where the questioning's going, but every now and again, you'll get this 10% of things where you go, I don't know about that. What's, do we use that? Do we do that thing? Oh my God, I'm going to have to Google this to direct Oscar. I'm not 100% sure. So, um, there was a bit of that sort of sensation in part yesterday. The only difference is no Google that. You've got to figure it out logically, which you can do. You've got to find the clues hidden in the context, I guess, or the content. But um, but you could do it. So there, there was one example of my um, my experience yesterday with that. That was interesting. Um, really positive experience at the end of it. You know, I was really glad I I'd gone through it and sort of tested myself and and thought about it at the end. Well, that's my reflection anyway. Um, and then uh, I talked about the doctors and obviously speaking with the doctors yesterday um, just about condition, um, my feelings, my understanding of what we went through, my memory recall of what's gone on. Um, they were quite surprised with the level of detail as to my understanding and, and knowledge, first-hand knowledge of what, I, what actually happened. Um, there is actually part of the surgery uh, that I still recall where um, 
whilst your brain is being or your skull is being sort of sawn open and the operation's taking place, you're actually slightly awake or they keep you slightly awake. I assume that's in part to assist them with um, knowing where they're going and and where the patient's sort of sitting. You're very much numbed. You can't, before anybody starts panicking, oh my God, you're awake during a, a procedure. You, you can't feel a thing. Um, everything's very much anaesthetized bar a small percentage of your consciousness. Um, and, and that seems to be of something that was kind of used just to check in and go, how are you feeling, Rob? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing okay. It was, um, yeah, it was quite a, uh, quite an interesting question and conversation to actually trace those steps back and, and talk a little bit about what's going on. Bear with me one second. Momentarily interlude. Uh, yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Um, if you were listening before, I uh, had a momentary interruption. Um, scheduled one, of course, from the, uh, the site nurse that comes in every day. Um, my nurse this weekend is Dolka, who I think she's from the Philippines. She's a lovely lady. So I uh, just did my OBS. I've got to get that right. OBS, not OPS. Um, so observations of uh, temperature, pressure, oxygen, all those sort of things that they do. Anyway, what were we talking about? I've had sort of a 10, 15 minute break talking about um, my own condition at the moment. And we were we were talking through some of the um, meds that I'm on. I'm on a ridiculous amount of meds at the moment. I think in previous podcasts I've said that's been somewhere as high as up to uh, sort of 30, 40 pills a day at one point. And, um, yeah, that had been quite crazy for somebody that, um, you know, apart from taking asthma preventers per day uh, as my routine, maybe an occasional tablet for hay fever and things like this, um, I'm not one for a lot of medication, never have been, and to sort of excel that to where it is today, taking, you know, upwards of seven different kinds of tablets, um, five five plus times a, a day is, yeah, it's crazy. To get your head around, some of them I need. Uh, Nemodipin is uh, a critical one at the moment. It's like a blood thinning Oh, maybe I've got that wrong. Um, you might want to research that, but um, it's it's all to do with the brain, I believe. The nemodipin. There's blood thinning tablets in there as well, as well as your painkillers, your endone, your paracetamols, those sort of things to sort of get you through um, the complications post surgery. So it's a lot. Um, in actual fact one of the phases we just discussed then is now I've got to manage that distribution because I'm continuing with a course, not all of them, but I'm continuing with a course of those over the next six months and they're to 
to be taken every two hours. So over the next six months, which in itself will be quite um, quite difficult, not difficult, um, new to get used to that routine, given that every two hours um, breaks up a lot of your, your sleep time as well. Um, and, and the management and coming up with a routine for that is quite complicated as well. So bear with me a second. Good, thanks mate. Thank you very much. It is live and real. It is lunch, people. That's what you've heard coming now. It's getting more difficult to record these podcasts, to find downtime, quiet time and uh, lack of interruption is something I'm going to have to just accept as part of mm, near impossible. You can kind of hear a conversation going in the background with a a couple of staff and and um, intake patients, I think, as well. So sorry about the distractions, but that's the new kind of podcast that we're recording here. I'll, I'll find some quiet areas. Maybe um, once I'm given permission to go out to the gardens, that might be a good good spot who knows but uh yeah back to where we were talking today's a particularly longer session than usual um today's the 16th of may which is a really um it's a great day for me in celebration of post-operation um i'm going to see my family for the first time today um my family as in i've seen jackie but I've been um, restricted from the boys. So over these 16 days, I haven't seen the boys at all. Bar, vi- bar video, which has been great as a, as a bit of a bridge, but I think everybody knows there's nothing like um, giving your kids a bit of a squeeze and a bit of a cuddle and and just having a bit of that love for the family and, and um, breathing it in, I guess. I'm looking forward to that this afternoon. It's a real highlight. But it's a, um, it's almost like a, not a, it's a bit of a challenging one today because today is the 16th of May, which for many would be like, what's the 16th of May? Could be a lot of things to everybody, but for me it's, um, it's the birthday of my recently deceased dog. Um, he was born on the 16th of May. He would have been, he would have been 12 today and he died in this, uh, a few days earlier for me having the aneurysm and uh, still if I talk about him now my my heart just fills with so many memories um, and then that overwhelming sadness that um, he's not here anymore. Um, my hope was that I'd be out naively, my hope was that I'd be out post-surgery by now that we could actually scatter his ashes today at a couple of the um, key places that we used to go, the dog parks and and things like that. That's just delayed, is all that is. But it would have been really nice to have done it today. The alternative is um, even better. You know, I get to see the family today and we'll get to share those stories and talk about him and and how much we miss him and, um, you know, the the funny stories in between and all those sort of things. Uh, I did want to leave listeners today with some takeouts. I think I was up to 
having done the speech um, speech pathology, met with the doctors. But then finally yesterday I had the opportunity to meet the physio. Uh, we just did some basic understanding of my motor skills, whether I can walk, um, how I was feeling, what problems I'm having with my back now, um, post-surgery, uh, getting an understanding of my goals um, in this rehabilitation centre and what I want to get out of it, where I want to be with um, within myself and, and, and those goals over the next six months. So it was a very short session because it was coming to the end of the day. It was around about four o'clock just before they quit for the day. And then that was it. Every other professional, of course, is finishing up for the weekend or for the week. And they don't come back till next week. So it's basically meant that my um, my discharge from the hospital to the new facility had facilitated um, a number of key uh, interviews with, with the key... Um, heads of the departments that I need to speak to but I think I've got through about three and I say three tentatively because with the physio one we didn't really get to complete that we just got it started so we already know and had discussed that that will start again on Monday um, to go through the rest but I think there's about 11 professionals I counted or thereabouts of which three that we've done at the moment so the uh, I guess the the analysis or the in induction, the measure of where I I sit across all those different disciplines won't be completed till Monday. Meaning that Saturday and Sunday are really just days of rest here. So um, the bulk of my recovery journey will actually commence on Monday. I've done a few things late Friday to sort of get me started and then Monday's really the the assessment day. That's what I was looking for in terms of a word, the assessment day. So um, I probably won't produce too many more podcasts over the weekend because, to be honest, it's uh, it's not such a reflective tool in the sense of anything I can share about the processes and how they work, but more or less just a, a, a waiting area uh, until Monday begins, um, pretty, pretty nice waiting area, nice gardens. Went out and um, sat in the gardens and did a little bit of basic yoga this morning just to start working the core. Actually went to the physiotherapy room and used some of the equipment. Unbeknownst to me, even though the door was open, um, that <laughs> section is is actually closed on the weekend. You can't use it without having a professional in there, which makes sense. But I just made an assumption that with the door open and no one in there, um, it's just a user come, user serve basis over the weekend. So I did a bit on the uh, on the bike, a little bit on the uh, bounce ball and those sort of things as well, which was good. Oh, no, thanks. Um, did I want a hot drink? No. Do not want a hot drink, just water. And a ridiculous amount of water. My lips and and mouth are so dry um, in the hospital. I was drinking around about three, three and a half to four litres a day um, and need to keep that hydration up as part of the recovery process. There you go. There's something I can share with you. 
Um, the hydration of the body is so vitally important for those coming out of recovery um, as a tip. And I've been very good on the water. Um, it's something that I've never been an issue for me to drink water. We drink water all the time at home, mainly what we drink, but um, having access to it on a regular basis, especially when you're breaking up medicines and what have you every two hours, um, you know, you run out of this jug, that jug, um, here you can't get access to jugs overnight, so you have to sort of um, self-serve yourself from the the tap, there's a, there's a little sink area in your room, and you can use that, um, but yeah, the water's a really important part, so you can take that and add that to your list. Um, if you're going through it or you know somebody's going through it, the importance of hydration is um, really key. Um, and yeah, and then I guess from there, it's it's a case of updating everybody on uh, on my Monday podcast as to how the rest of that assessment went. What does it mean? How long um, am I actually going to be required to be in this facility before I can potentially go home? And home is such a uh, such a touching distance away in actual fact. Fortuitously, this location is merely 500 metres from where my home is. Um, the other side are Lights View uh, development, basically. Um, so Jackie and the boys can be here within a matter of minutes. But um, I can't actually leave the location and I can only see one person a day which is tantalizingly <laughs> close to um, being reunited with the family um, I'm kind of thankful for that that it's so close it was it was great last night because Jackie could literally whip around the corner and, and drop off some headphones um, a beanie which I need that the nights are getting really cold I think it was three degrees last night overnight and these big pane windows here and glass windows, it can get a little bit cool in the room, so that was great to have. Um, yeah, and the, and the, and my preventers, um, yeah, the uh, for asthma, asthma preventers. She dropped those off within uh, minutes last night, which was fantastic. Um, also, good to speak to those that are sort of reaching out and sort of going, oh, can we do a podcast or? or not necessarily a podcast, but even just a video called catch-up chat of an evening. I'm enjoying doing that. This centre really closes down at night and around about 8.30 when the visiting hours are over. Within that half an hour, um, the uh, complex is just dead quiet, so I can actually go into the lounge area um, as I did last night and catch up with a couple of, couple of old mates. Um, that I haven't seen for a few years and we really talked about the uh, the old days and, and some of those memories which for me I, I guess was more poignant and important than probably what it was from them um, and I was really keen to do it because uh, it really tested the brain on you know do I recall those things or yes yeah have I lost anything in my search to understanding where I sit and um, gladly I can say I haven't forgotten any of that. It's all still there. Um, you know, you get the odd thing. It's like, oh, yeah, did we go there? Oh, yeah, that's right. But but um, by and large, nothing uh, unusual. 
So that's it. That's pretty much it for the update today. It's been great to have you sit in and listen. And um, again, as I've been saying at the end of these, welcome any feedback. Um, send me a message. Uh, reach out. Um, love these chats. Love these discussions. And just creating a little bit more awareness around brain injury and and how you can be a little bit more aware, not only for yourself but your family, but just be really proactive, you know. Be proactive if you've got anything that's niggling you or bugging you at the moment, um, something that you're sort of fobbing off. We've got one of the best healthcare systems in the world to be able to access that treatment and um, sort of dull your nerves around any potential issues you might have but often we tend not to use it or we ignore it um certainly something i'll never be doing um moving forward i've I've changed my attitude on that years ago with being a bit more proactive about a yearly checkup and looking at your family history and trying to get on the front foot and i think that's one of the best things you can do not only for yourself but your loved ones partners is really encourage them to do that apart from the use of time which I can appreciate now more than ever is very valuable Um, time means nothing if you're not here to enjoy it so look after yourself get yourself checked Um, encourage loved ones to do the same enjoy the fruit of our country's labor by having such a great medical um, service but more importantly just proactively um look after yourself so you can enjoy more time in this beautiful space we call Australia, Adelaide, wherever. Um, I think I've said enough now. You get my point. Uh, It's been great having you along for the last half an hour and we'll see you next time.